Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question this podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to the Fallible Nation. You guys make these videos possible, so thank you for your love and support there. And welcome to our first-time listeners. My name is Brent. Today, my special guest is Jess, Jeff Lopes of Jeff Knows Inc. Podcast, Canada's top entrepreneurial and entertainment podcast. Jeff, welcome to the show. What is up, brother? How are you? Thank you for having me. Man, I'm excited to have you on today. Thanks for coming on. I think we're going to have an amazing conversation. Yeah, it's going to be tons of fun. Jeff, I don't do big fancy inter- in introductions, and I can't talk today, apparently. Not enough coffee. <laughs> but in your own words, who is Jeff Lopes? Oh, Jeff Lopes. Jeff Lopes is complicated here, but Jeff Lopes is a, I'm a dad, a husband, dad of two amazing children, 14, 16. I'm a husband for 19 plus years, been an entrepreneur for 26 plus years, author, podcast host, uh, all around, I just am more into the serving and just helping as much as I can through the podcast, through the books, through everything like that. And, and just being, are you still there? Still here. Okay, just shot off the screen there for a sec. <laughs> I apologize. But uh, yeah, it's just in, in general, just uh, all around, just here serving as much as I possibly can and uh, giving as much as I can to my community as well. And I big congratulations, by the way. I saw your daughter just celebrated her 16th. Is that correct? Time flies, buddy. How are you feeling, Time man? Flies. Do you have Do you have children? I do. I have a seven year old and a ten year old. Honestly, I was I was looking at my daughter at on her sixteenth birthday, and we we're just I was just like I could literally still see her in my arms. <laughs> I go, where has the last sixteen years flown by? And that's one thing I really talk about a lot is is living with no regrets and really living in the present with your children. And it's something I'm really passionate about, and it's something I'm glad I've really implemented into my life because sixteen years flies by. And if you go by stats, I mean, they say the average, the average child, you have roughly about, if you're lucky, 80 to 90% of the face time before they turn the age of 18. And I'm looking at my daughter, I probably got a couple more years before she's off to college and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, where is the time gone? Yeah, it's a, it's, she's an amazing kid, but it's been time absolutely flies by. Oh, yeah. No, I'm 10 and 7. I'm already going, but, but wait, I, I was just carrying your... And I'm blessed they're still at that age where daddy is still a rock star. So I come home, I'm get, you know, hugs and they want to cuddle with me. And I'm loving that up because I know the other you know, years my, ago. My, my kids are 14, 16. I still, I'm, I'm, we're still like that. Like yeah? my kids for my, for my son's 14th birthday, my daughter's 16th birthday. My kids are workout fanatics and we got a gym membership. So they're my workout partners. We go to the gym together almost every day. That's awesome. I'm with them 24 seven. Like yesterday my daughter had the dance competition yesterday. So it was me and my son all day. And it's just, we just hung out. We, we had the swimming pool. We did, morning tonight we're together. We're playing baseball. Like my kids are very, uh, we're a very tight knit family and very um, fitness oriented family. So we're always doing a lot of activities together. So mm-hmm. their kids, especially because they're so involved in activities, we're always, it feels like we're still, even my daughter, like at 16, like people look at her like, your daddy's a little girl. Like she's still very, we still have that very tight knit relationship, which is, I'm so grateful for him trying to hold on as long as I can with it. Oh, fatherhood goals, man. Trust. I hope my kids are still wanting to be that way as yeah. time goes by. Jeff, you are a best-selling author. You have a top end podcast. You do real estate, a sporting good company. I'm still doing my research here. Yeah. And... You do business and personal coaching as well. 
what drives you? I mean, that's so much to take on. It's a lot to take on, but I'm very organized. I mean, schedule is everything to me and I'm very strong. And it's something I talk about a lot is really locking your non-negotiables. So once you have your non-negotiables locked into your schedule, so I look at my schedule every single month and I make sure my kids schedule, their sporting events, time with my wife, time with the family, that's locked in. And then I'm able to filter everything in. And I really look and study my schedule on a monthly basis. And I look at what things in my life that shouldn't even be there. And I'm able to push away and, and kind of eliminate. And then I also, every month, two months, I actually take a look at my friend circle and I figure out people in my life that really shouldn't are taking up time and energy from me that I don't have to have and I can really focus on something else. So I'm really dissecting my schedule on a regular basis because my schedule is so tight and so focused. It allows me to not feel like I'm so busy, even though I'm 24 seven going and it allows me to lock in those times for myself because I'm a strong believer that you can do everything you want. If you don't actually feel like Oprah says, fill up your cup first, Mm. and take care of yourself mentally, spiritually, physically first, you're not going to be able to overfill that cup and be able to serve everybody else. So um, because my schedule is so, so precise and tight, it allows me to actually really, really focus and really be able to do everything I want and not feel so so over overworked, overstructured. And then on top of it, everything I'm doing has an end goal. It's we're all, everything I'm trying to work towards is that financial freedom and the financial freedom allows me more time to spend with my loved ones. So I always have that in my mind that I'm working really hard between this time and this time, that's going to allow me the financial freedom to be able to take off this time and this time to spend with my kids. So it gives me that drive and energy as well. Right. Can I dissect that for just a second here? hundred percent. Dads, are you hearing what he's saying? Cause I know one of the struggles for me as a dad has been as I'm trying to build the fallible man brand and everything I'm doing with it, and we were talking before the show, it, you know, it's very focused on helping other people, which I believe is a better purpose for most things anyways. But I still struggle with how much time it takes a lot of time to build your own business. It takes a lot of time to build your own brand. And as a dad, I struggle with that sometimes. And I have to keep pushing back and going, we will get there. There, There's a building phase. We will get there where that enables me to have that more time with them. And I'm building towards that right now, not taking away from that. That's a really big struggle. I know for a lot of dads is we go to work and we go to work and we're like, oh, we're losing all this time. If you're building towards how much, it's a weird trade-off. Yeah, but you, I'm a strong believer. Like you hear guys like Gary Vee that you mentioned, you're going to go to his convention in a couple of weeks that always talk. You can't have balance between family and business, especially if you're trying to build a business. I think it's bullshit. I believe you could have balance between both. And it's just really learning how to hone down and focus on your schedule because, mm -hmm. and if there's different times, there's different motions where there's times when we will have more work. Other times we'll have more family time. There's different schedules. That's understandable. But when we have less time with the loved ones, we have to make sure that time counts. We gotta be present. If we're my kids and I'm sitting there for an hour with them, you gotta turn off your phone. You gotta be present. You gotta look down at your feet and know where you are and make sure you're communicating, you're asking them. Same with your spouse, your significant other, your partner, whoever you have. If you if you got half an hour a day just with them, make mm -hmm. sure that half an hour counts. Ask them how the day is. Ask, make sure you know what's going on with their life. So just making sure that whatever period of that month that you're going through, whether, you know, I got a new project at work, I got a new product coming out, I'm doing a real estate deal. I'm really focused hyperly on my work right now to kind of financially get as much as I can out of this. Mm -hmm. Then I'm only going to have an hour or two hours with my kids. 
I'm really going to focus that time. When I'm with them, everything else is shut off. The phone shut off, the internet shut off, the social media shut off, and I'm laser focused on spending that time with them. So if you can really understand that to be present when you are with them, be present. At the same time too, when you're at work, be present at work. And, and learn how to separate them, you could have a balance between both. Like I said, sometimes you'll have more family, sometimes you have more work, but as long as you understand that when you were there, you're laser focused on that moment, everything else kind of comes together. Can I ask you, Yeah. how much screen time do you have going on in your house? I'm just curious. <sighs> not, I mean, you talk about screen time, like TV, video, like video games, stuff. Yeah. not a lot, not a lot. Cause my kids are ultra focused and we've, this is something we've adapted from a very young age, fitness and movement. And our kids get home at 14, 16, fight over the treadmill, not over a video game. They're really into focus. They want to, like, I'm from that age where I grew up in Toronto, Canada. When I get home, I'd be, grab a sandwich and ring outside to play ball hockey or play baseball. We were never right. home. We didn't have, we didn't have internet. We didn't have phones. And I've adapted that into my children's mindset where they come home and they got the pool. They got the, they, they have basketball at the front of their net, a little hoop. And they're, they got their bike store. They're constantly doing something active, whether they're going to the gym, whether I'm taking them to, a field and we're doing some, we're playing catch football. Like we're constantly doing something active and they, their bodies have adapted so much to that in their mind and they understand the importance of that. So now it's just becoming part of it. I mean, we watch TV, don't get me wrong, but it's more, I mean, very, very little. And my kids, even though we actually just bought a video game for my son for his birthday, he's, we bought an Xbox for him. His birthday was April 19th. He's probably used it twice so far. Mm -hmm. Like they, they don't, it, it, it's, it, they're, they're, the time we do have is usually more active or hiking or doing stuff on a as a family as much as possible bike rides as a family so the time we do have together we're trying to multitask fitness and family time at the same time okay okay tell me a little bit about your show jeff nosing <sighs> that the show just started as a an outlet for me to network which is, you know, it is as an entrepreneur, you're trying to network as much as you can. The more you network and network with the right people and build the relationships, everything grows. And that's how it all started with. And it started off as a network where I could just network with other entrepreneurs. The pandemic hit. When the pandemic hit, March 2020, my two main company, first company is called Kamora, where we design, manufacture, marketing, and martial art equipment. 95% of our business is wholesale directly to gyms. The gyms all closed down. We were like, okay. We got us, so we're slowing down drastically. And then another part of our business, we have a lot of vacation rentals and they're called short-term accommodation STAs and the government put a stop on those. So all of a sudden our two main companies were really drastically slowed down. And instead of sitting back and just taking a breath and reanalyzing everything, I kind of went full the opposite. I wrote a book, I started the podcast, I started more coaching, I started different ventures. And like I said, the podcast was just a building block of networking and it slowly started getting into more just having fun conversations and as they started building we started getting higher level of celebrities and influencers and athletes and it just started grew from there and it's this guy's taken a world of his own which i never ever thought we have just recorded the day episode 180 we're in season nine and it's growing at such a rapid pace still so i'm loving all of everything that's everything about the podcasting world i'm loving and enjoying and having a ton of fun doing it right now i have since I started podcasting, just because of these conversations, man. I, if nothing yeah. else, I would keep doing this. I always tell people if you wouldn't do it otherwise, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't do it, if you don't get paid, you probably don't really want to do it for the right reason, right? Yeah. I haven't made hardly any money doing this, but I am having so much fun meeting other people like yourself and some of the other guests I've had on and having these conversations. And it's just been incredible. The people you meet and the opportunities because of it. 
we were talking before the show about some of the guys we've both interacted with and talked to and just some amazing people. And I mean, you're in Toronto. Yeah. Without podcasting, we would never be having this conversation. We wouldn't get to know oh, each other. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's changed. I always say too, the pandemic, the positive thing that we could take out of the pandemic, is it felt like it made the world a lot smaller mm-hmm. through Zoom and the growth of the, all these online platforms. And it also sped up technology probably eight to 10 years. I mean, if you think of your grandparents now using Zoom and all that stuff. So <laughs> right? it's incredible how everything has just changed on the technical level and how people communicate and how the world has become so much smaller. Like exactly what you're saying, we're interacting like we would have never met without the podcasting world, right? So I got to ask the heavy hitter question of the show. What is your favorite ice cream? Oh, vanilla, just plain, simple vanilla. I just, I just did a day. It was like 9.30 and I was craving vanilla ice cream. I, I, I love my ice cream. I love my ice cream. I usually have a bowl of ice cream. Usually Monday to Friday, I'll have a bowl of ice cream every night. That's my like. That's my go-to. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Uh, give me a give me a nice soup bowl full of ice cream in front of the TV at late at night when everybody's asleep. I'm good as gold. It's like 9:30 at night. I look at the fridge and like we don't have ice cream. And I look at my wife and like we're going for. I wanted to feel healthy, so we ended up walking for 35 minutes to the grocery store, bought ice cream, walked back 35 minutes, and then had my bowl of ice cream. Ice cream is my go-to, and it's definitely vanilla. I play around with um, uh, God, what is it called um, uh, mint, chocolate mint, mm-hmm. but the vanilla is just plain simple. Vanilla is still my go-to. Jeff, you mentioned that you, one of the things you work with dads on is being present and living life without regrets. Let's drill into what that looked like a little bit. I mean, you always hear that most people on their deathbed, the one thing they always focus on is all the regrets, all the things they wish they did, all the moments they wish they took. And I had a couple of moments in my life that really, really, altered and changed how I looked at at life and the perspective of life. And one was my son, when my son was born in 2008, April 19th, he almost died at birth. And uh, we spent the first four months of his life at Sick Kids Hospital. And when he was discharged, we forced the doctors to discharge him at four months. He was still four and a half pounds, didn't swallow. He was using a feeding tube still. We still took him home. And he was diagnosed with CP, cerebral palsy, and uh, we were told he'd be confined to a wheelchair. And that kind of, a, that was a really aha moment in my life where I looked at my son and I looked at my wife and I said, my biggest fear is waking up, I'm 55, 60 and looking at my son and think I didn't give him any opportunity or the best opportunity that changes outcome. And that was a mindset where it altered to the no regrets, where I said, I got to do everything I possibly can. And fast forward to his 12th birthday. He went from possible wheelchair to AFO braces to running out of his braces at 12 years old. And a day before his 13th birthday, he ran his first marathon. And it's been this incredible journey of fitness and therapy and just so much love and attention that's helped him develop this way. But I had that mindset of, I have to do everything I possibly can. And that living with no regrets. And that mindset has transformed into everything I do in my life, whether if there's an adventure I want to do, if there's that... I have a relationship with and it kind of slipped away. I'll make sure I make that phone call. So I live with no regrets. And my father just a little bit over a year ago passed away. And that was another moment in my life that really, really shook me. I was the 45 year old that would call my dad three times a day. We would talk on the phone all the time. We had an incredible relationship and he didn't smoke, didn't drink and he just had a massive heart attack and passed away. And I talked to him on May 6th at 10 at night. We'd call and say goodnight every night and have a conversation. 
and he was fine. And uh, then I got that call on uh, May 7th, which was six in the morning. And they always say, if you get a call at six in the morning, it's never good news. And uh, my father had passed away with a severe heart attack and had no chance to even make it to the hospital. And I did everything with my dad. I spent tons of time with my dad, but I still had all these regrets because there's so much more I still wanted to do with him. So as this, all these things started happening, I'm looking at other gentlemen, I'm like, and I'm talking, having conversations with other dads, and I'm like, a lot of people truly don't live with a purpose. They don't live to their max. They always have that business idea, but they never think it's the right time to do it. Or they have that, they have, they, they have a broken relationship with a family member, and they're always like, I'll wait till this time, or I'll wait till this event, and think something happens. I go, realistically, if we all lived in that mindset where we knew today we had 24 hours left to live, or we had a week left to live, what would you do? And if you had that mindset, because once you walk out of the house every single day and get in your car, you don't know if you're coming home. That's just the reality of life. So having that understanding of living your own regrets, you want to start a business, do it. You want to race a car, go do it. Find ways to do what you want to fulfill your life as much as you can, and especially with your loved ones too. I mean, do the max, spend as much time with them, make that phone call, take that time, because there is going to be a time when your parents are not around or your grandparents are not around or a loved one's not around. And then you're going to have those regrets the rest of your life. And I'm going to give you one little quick story. And this is something that, that bothers me so much till today. And it's been, it's been a year. It's been really, really hard driven in is my uncle, which is my dad's brother and my dad. They had kind of their only siblings. They had no other brothers and sisters. They had a really amazing relationship. And then something happened years back and they kind of split apart. And my uncle had done something to my dad and my dad really, really got hurt. And he said, until your uncle apologizes, comes in person, apologizes, I'm not going to call him. And years gone went by and years went by. My, my uncle's very hard, hard headed, stubborn. He never made the phone call. And weeks would go by, months would go by. And I would constantly tell my dad, just call, call, call your, call your brother, man. It's not worth it. Call your brother. I would tell my dad this all the time. And my dad, the hard European, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Wait till he comes, wait till he comes. And when my dad passed away, it was during COVID, the funeral was very small, only a few people. My uncle wasn't even aware, like we hadn't talked to my uncle in a few years and he wasn't even called. And then a couple of days later, I, when my dad passed away for the first 75 days, I was so heartbroken. I went to, I went to the cemetery every single day and I would sit there and just sit there and for hours. And one day I got there a few days later and there was a letter on his tombstone and it was taped at his tombstone. And I opened it up and I read it and it was my uncle. And my uncle, the letter was, I wish I'd done this when you were still alive. I'm so sorry for everything. And your full apology. And it killed me because that's all my dad wanted. And if he had done that a few days before, that would have changed the world for my dad. So that's my mindset when you hear stories like that. And there's millions and millions in this world living with no regrets, doing the things that you know is right. Don't waste for the perfect time because it's never the perfect time. I lost my dad a little over a year ago. And uh, I was very blessed. Him, my mom, lived with me the last year of his life. So he was here. He passed in my home. And my mom still lives with us. But yeah, it, it drives home when you start losing those important people. It's like time is so, so small. It's, 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 only, it's the only currency in this world we'll never get back. We can't make more of. Absolutely. Guys, we've been getting to know Jeff a little bit in this first half of the show and we're going to dig more into fatherhood and raising your kids. We're going to roll our sponsors and we'll be right back, Jeff. 
I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefallibleman.com shop and buy our inhuman trafficking merchandise and all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. Guys, and we're back here with Jeff Lopes discussing fatherhood and raising kids. Jeff, what purchase of $100 or less have you made in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? Oh, that's a hard one. I can't even think of something. Purchase $100 or less. I mean, it's more than $100, but I mean, could it be more than 100 bucks? I try and keep it about 100 bucks. I'm trying to reach everybody, everyday Joe usable. Oh, some, something usable. Okay. I mean, if it's personal, I mean, it's, I, I, I spend years and years away from reading books mm-hmm. and audible. Uh, I subscribed to it in the last little while because it's given me an opportunity to start listening to books again. And I just finished off Atomic Habits, incredible book. So it's just, it's book. allowed me to, because I drive a lot. So we're doing a renovation at a property on the little beach house and I'm up there twice a week. It's about a five hour drive back and forth. So now that that time allows me to catch up either on a podcast or an audio book. And that's something that I've been wanting to do for a while, but never having the time to sit down for an hour to read. Mm-hmm. So now being able to do that, I think it's been such a great investment in myself. So I would say just a platform, a, a simple audiobook platform, there's tons out there. I think it's a great investment, especially if you don't have the time just when you're going to work on the way home, kids are at a sporting event, you're sitting there, just listen to a book. I would absolutely echo that. I We're big fans of Audible here. Uh, in fact, yeah. I just finished Atomic Habit myself. Oh, you did? Great yeah, book, huh? Great book. Yeah, no, I, it's, you never know the little things that are going to be effective. Like, uh, Right? Yeah. You see that? That's thinking putty. Yeah. It's basically silly putty, but I'm a fidgeter. It's like five, six bucks, but it keeps me from like tapping on my desk when I'm recording and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you never know the little things that help people, right? Yeah, of course. 100%. So Jeff, you do coaching with dads and with small businesses, but we're going to focus on dads. What is the biggest common concern you see coming in with men on Dad. I think it's there that balance is that balance between how do I balance spending time with my kids, being active with my kids, but allow myself to still grow a business. And when I can really get them to hone in and tone and really, really laser focus on their schedule and print out their schedule and study their schedule, I mean, study it on a regular basis, things start, you realize quickly how openings start happening in your schedule, how you're allowed to move things together, how do I have to multitask? Like I said, what I'll do is if if I have, for example, four or five phone calls during the week, I'll book them all during my driving time. So I'm multitasking. So you really learn how to condense things and open up a nice space. So now you could be a very active husband, father, and really, really learn how to, whatever time you do have, if you have a short time, like I said, be present, really learn how to be focused. I think that's the first key to doing it. And then from there on, there's tons of other little things that we could do that really, really allow them to be the, to lift to the fullest and be the best guy they can and husband or partner as well. I'm a big schedule guy. I 
focusing on my schedule has made such a huge difference in my life and actually like putting down things. Like I felt really weird the first time I scheduled time with my kids. Yeah. Like, just blocked it out of my calendar. I'm like, this is their time. I felt really weird. It's like, am I screwing up this whole dad thing by having to do that to make sure that I'm getting the time with them? But now I've been doing it for a while now. And it's like, no, because I know on my calendar, no one can touch that time block. It is yeah. my children's time. Nothing else is important during that. Yeah. Phone, emails, doesn't matter. And that has made such a huge difference in just yeah. trying to organize my life. Yeah. It, it feels does feel weird when you first start doing it because you're like, I'm actually locking in time to be them. <laughs> but it's, to me, it's, it, you know that you were not going to be distracted at the time. If you lock it in and you know that your time is precise there, you're not going to be distracted. You're going to be able to be present. I think it's so valid and such a smart thing to do. I was looking through social media and we talked about it a little bit. You said you and your kids are your workout partners. You got them gym memberships. That's awesome. Yeah. So awesome. I can't wait till my kids are old enough to go to the gym with me. My gym does not allow anyone under 18, I think. So I may have to change. Ours, ours are then. 14 and up. You're a big advocate looking through your Facebook and stuff for getting your kids into fitness and into a healthy routine. There are parents who are like working out is bad for kids. Weights are bad for kids. I've heard that nonsense spouted so many times what's your take on this i think it's all bullshit i mean it's you have to have that mindset i mean you're not going to put them in a situation where they're going to hurt themselves it's movement it's jumping it's getting your body active it's building the foundation the like my background when, when i went to college was fitness leadership so i have a background in fitness and i've and i really utilize i've had a gym before and stuff but it's understanding just how important movement is and how important you're building these building blocks a lot of kids where they're literally inactive, they're eating junk food all day, they're building all these fat cells, and then when they're going, when they get past high school, it's a struggle for years and years, always at that that yo-yo effect, gain weight, oh, yeah. lose weight, and they're going, because they haven't built that foundation. And it's also that mindset, it becomes part of your, I don't want to say part of your DNA in a way, it becomes part of who you are. Understanding, I started working when I was 16. I mean, I was uh, there's times where I work out a lot more, there's times I work out a lot less, but I'm always somehow active and I've been doing my whole life that if I don't do it, I feel like something's wrong, something's missing. Mm -hmm. And now when you're talking about, which is probably the biggest issue in the world now, especially during the pandemic, mental health, there's nothing that's more important to mental health than movement, activity, sweating, getting your body, just going your body going. And I think it, it, it could be elastic bands, it could be in sports, it could be jogs, it could be bike rides, it could be just playing sport, it could be whatever it is, but get your kids active from a very young age. And mine's really started, my focus really started as my son, right? Because everything we have to do. So from, I would say 12 months, 11, 12 months old, we were doing therapy to his legs, therapy to his toes. And that also started to, let's do jumps, let's do hops. Let's, and then my daughter started getting involved. And that's how it all kind of began. They've been active since they were probably couple of years old my daughter probably around three four my son around one and it's been steadily ever since and it's just evolved evolved and now they're i mean my daughter's at like this kid she goes to high school she's in grade 10 she wakes up every morning monday to friday and on her own in her bedroom she does a yoga she does a yoga video every single morning she gets home she does her treadmill and then she's off to dance every night and then and on weekends and once a week we're at the gym lifting weights so they're it's just that it's they love it so much that this is part of who they are. And I think if parents start at a young age, you're just doing so much positivity for themselves, for their self-image. When they get to high school, they're more confident. 
their ability to walk in a room with more confidence, all these things. And there's other things I do as well. I, I focus on public speaking with them. Mm -hmm. I focus on teaching them networking. I teach them how to sell because I think sales are certain things. There's three things I think if every high school in North America or in the world taught our kids, our kids would be so much better and be better leaders, better entrepreneurs, is sales, networking, and public speaking. Those are three things that should be taught from a very young age. And that's just no matter what you do in life, whether you're going for a job interview, whether you're starting a new product, whether you're trying to get a loan, you're trying to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. Public Absolutely. speaking is probably the most horrific, horrifying thing that anybody could do. The most scary thing anybody could do is step on stage in front of 100, 200, 1,000 people and talk. Being able to do that with confidence is such a powerful tool. And networking, just so we talked before this podcast, life's all about networking. Everything you do, whatever field you're in, you need to know how to network. Man, that's been a hard lesson for I'm fairly antisocial. I'm a homebody. So networking, I'm good one-on-one, -on -one, but groups just freak me out. I'm fine speaking on stage, actually. I grew up speak, doing public speaking. Yeah. As long as they're out there and I'm here, we're good. It's yeah. that whole mingling thing and networking that kills me. So I saw you post the other day about your kids painting all day on vacation. And you were talking about work ethic. Yeah. You said my kids doing what on vacation? They were painting or something. Painting? Yeah. I'm trying to think which post that was. You sure that was me? I'm pretty sure I was going through your profile. It might have been an older one, but painting on vacation. Oh, you're talking about the vacation home. Yeah, yeah, that. Yes, yes. We're building, like I said, we're building out a, okay, now I know which post you're talking about. <laughs> I apologize. We're, like I said, we're right now, we're doing, we're building out a, another vacation home that's on a little beach house. And I get my kids, even anything I do, I try to get them as, as involved as I possibly can. So it's all about work ethic, right? Teaching mm -hmm. them how to put in the work ethic, be able to put in the sweat equity. That's the easiest way to learn is learning how to do sweat equity, how to save money, how to be able to build. And anything I do, like my kids, like they, they know how to use tools, they know how to paint or anything. I get them to do as much as I possibly can because a lot of entrepreneurs, they get to a certain level of, of financial freedom and they look and be like, you know what? I did all these things when I was a kid. I had to work my rear off. I don't want my kids working. I'm the opposite. I make my kids, kids work hard. My kids both know how to cook. They both know how to clean. They mm -hmm. both wash dishes. They both do laundry. I get home and me and my wife get home and my daughter has dinner. A six-year-old daughter has dinner ready for us most of the days. So it was being able to teach them that work ethic and teaching them that sweat equity, how important it is to build whatever they want to build. And I, start that, I started that from a very young age. Whatever we do, I get them involved. I'm a huge fan of teaching kids to cook. Yeah. Like I, I grew up cooking. Oh, so did I. So, yeah, so did I. Like my dad, which is coming from a European family, you don't, I don't know how, to, if you know, like European guys are usually like work, 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 come home. They want dinner served. My dad, when he first came to Canada, like my dad and my, came from Portugal, my, my grandfather had restaurants. My dad came to Canada. The first thing he did was he, the first job he got here was chef. He was chef at a whole bunch of restaurants and hotels. So my dad, growing up, my dad would cook more than my mom at mm -hmm. home. So I saw this and it was just part of, doing and I'm very comfortable cooking like I cook as probably as much as my wife I love cooking I was home all day with my son yesterday I'm, I'm trying new recipes and trying different things so I think it's such a it's such an important tool to have and it, if you do if you know how to do it it's a fun thing to do as well right fun. it sets your kids up for success too right oh. how many young people can't actually cook these days and that's part of this whole health crisis we got people doing drive-through and takeout and microwave food and yeah set them up for success man teach them how to cook quality food and save their budget, save their health. Yeah. Incredible.
Now guys, if you're getting something out of this, be sure to do all the good social media nonsense that I hate promote. Be sure to click the like button, leave us a comment or review on whatever platform you're on, especially podcasts that really helps us out. And guys, if you want to get more involved, you can hit us over on Patreon. My Patreons have direct access to supporting the show and to which direction we're going with the show, what we're, who we're going to talk to, what kind of things we're talking about. So if you want to get involved, head over to my Patreon and hook us up and join the movement of Fallible Man. We love our supporters. They help us out and make these shows possible. <sighs> Social media commercial over. Gosh, I hate that part. Let's talk the fatherless crisis. What do you think about the raising level of fatherliness or absentee fathers? Like my conference I'm getting ready to do is about men stepping up and filling that role for young people who need it. What are your thoughts on this? It is a dilemma. I mean, you're, you're looking at having a strong male figure is so valid for the daughter and for the son, for both children. It's so hard nowadays for a single mom or a single father, a single parent to, to raise both kids because you're playing both roles. And especially now we're dealing with, you look at everything in life, the, the price of just living is going up so drastically quickly. So being able to, one, provide to your children. Second, being able to provide in both manners. A lot of kids, when they don't have that male role figure, they're searching for it, whether it's through television, through a movie. They're constantly trying to figure out how to find it. So having, whether it's, there's tons of programs, Big Brother, Big Sister, I don't know if they have them in the U.S., we have them here. Yep. There's tons of programs that are so valid in, in, in at least giving some direction for the youth and giving some leadership. Because a lot of kids, when they look to a parent, they're looking for obviously leadership. They're looking for guidance. They're looking for love, support. And when you have a single parent that's working so hard just to be able to provide, a lot of those other elements start falling off. So having both parents is so, so valid. And the reality is, I mean, Relationships are hard. We all know that. Oh, yeah. um, in Canada, three out of first five first uh, three out of five marriages um, end within the first five years. Those are stats. Entrepreneurs have a high, high, high rate of divorce, and uh, so it, if it, I'm a strong believer too, if the relationship is toxic, it's not good for the kids either. So I'm okay with the parents separating, but both parents need to still be involved because the end of the day you've created this child. You need to be supportive and both be there, and you got to pay your differences aside and focus on that child, at least so they're at the age to be an adult and make their own decisions. So I'm a strong believer that I have a really, really close friend of mine, Julian Elliott, and um, he's separated and he has three children with his ex-wife, but he's heavily involved, pays all his child support. So he's still being a strong father figure in their life. And I think it's so important for dads and moms, it's both, but especially dads, to make sure that even though you may not be in that marriage anymore in that partnership that you're still there as a supporting anchor for your children what are just top of your head three things that every dad should do with kids <sighs> three things that could do with your kids um i mean one is definitely just being I, I, we, going back to what i say all the time is finished i mean being active with them being able to do stuff that allow them to feel connected in the way that you're not really, you're not really focused, just having fun, whether it's an activity or a sport or you're doing something. Another thing too is dads, as kids get older, they start to become more secluded, more away, more pushed away with social media, not wanting to open up. 
a lot of times what I found is uh, with my children too, is if you do want them to have that open relationship and open talk, a lot of times when you're face to face talking to children, they won't open up. So what I like doing is just going for walks with them, going for a hike with them side by side and opening a, a, a conversation in that direction. So you're talking as friends, not as a dad face to face. I think that's a very powerful tool and <sighs> build memories. I mean, like vacation, do things that you're going to build so many memories and take so many pictures that one day that their memory bank is filled with so many great memories that one day when you're not here, they could sit back and talk about these to their kids one day. They could go back and I'm a strong believer in, in developing pictures. I talk about this all the time. I talk about this in my book. A lot of people take pictures and everything's left on their phone. They're left in the cloud. They don't develop pictures. Anytime we go on a vacation, anytime we go on a trip, anything we do special, we take pictures, we develop them all. My wife puts them in, builds a little scrapbook or a little photo album, leaves them there. How many times my kids on a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, they're going through albums five, six, seven years ago and see on the floor just laughing and going through these pictures and talking about memories. There's nothing that connects a story more than a photo. And I'll give you an example too. My, my dad passed away a couple of weeks later. We were at my, my, my mom's house, my parents' house, and, and uh, we were just talking stories of my dad to my kids. And we we're talking about that when he was in the army. And my mom came and brought the album, went through all these army pictures. And now all these stories have a visual to them. They all make sense. They connected my children to my to their granddad, to their grandfather at that moment. And I think having those physical pictures are so important. So parents out there, develop, 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 because there's going to be a time one day those pictures are going to mean so much more. Uh, just going through the amount of backlog of digital photos I have is like, we never looked. Yeah. As opposed to photo out, that makes so much sense. Jeff, where's the best people, place for people to find you? I'm mostly on IG. I'm on all the platforms. Uh, you go to my website, it's jeffreylopes.com. It's J-F-F-R-E-Y-L-O-P-E-S. But uh, the most you'd find is uh, just IG. It's uh, at Jeff Lopes, J-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. And I'm, I answer all my DMs and I try to, like I said at the beginning, add as much value. If I could help anybody, I will. Or if I could direct you to somebody that could help you, I will as well. So I, I appreciate all that. You have an amazing Instagram following, by the way. I'm totally, totally jealous. You guys got an amazing following. Really quality people. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's networking, right? It's just all about networking and building relationships. Like now we build, we'll connect and I'm sure I'm past people to you and you'll pass people to me. It's all about networking and building relationships, right? And when you do find good people, it's, you gotta, you gotta keep that connection going. So a lot of people will do a podcast or do something and they won't really keep their relationship going. Everybody I've had on my podcast, they're in my, they're in my phone Rolodex now. I'm able to contact them. Doesn't matter how big of a celebrity they are, they're, I make sure they don't leave without giving me their phone number and I text them to make sure they can it's a legit number before they leave. Nice. So uh, nice. I do that. And like I said, we'll connect. I'll give you my phone number. We're done. We have a connection there. And, and you just build relationships like that. It's so important to just keep building, building, building strong relationships because you never know where they take you, right? Guys, we're going to have all of Jeff's contacts, all those links in the description, in the show notes, whatever platform you're watching this on. What's next for Jeff Lopes? Oh, there's always something. I mean, through the pandemic, I, I, like I said, I wrote the book, did the podcast. Uh, when my dad passed away, I wrote uh, two children's books. I don't know if you were that. I saw that actually. Yeah, we did two children's books. So my dad's, when my dad passed away in memory of him to keep his name going. And 
right now I, I'm really like my main company more where is obviously our bread and butter. We do really well with it, but I love the real estate space. I love building a life developing and that's where we're putting a lot more effort into and just into the real estate space and the commercial and vacation rentals and all that stuff. And just growing the pod, the podcast platform, see where it goes, like who knows where it goes. I mean, you just keep plugging away day by day and eventually it'll you cross your fingers, it'll eventually explode, right? And it's just a lot of work, a lot of effort, but at the end, I'm sure it'll be worth it. Absolutely. Guys, you need to check out Jeff's podcast. He has talked to just some incredible guests and having amazing conversations. It's not all fatherhood stuff. There's a lot of very high caliber content on there. So check out his YouTube channel. I'll have a link for that as well. And get to know Jeff, see what's going on with him. Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. And we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.